Great to have you guys here. Uh, you know, we are in a two-week series. Not often we have a lot of those, right? And so last week was the open, this week is the close, and, and we're talking God's heart, my heart. Just setting up the year, the ministry year, God's heart, my heart. And, and uh, so last week we talked about God's heart, the heart of love. And we talked about the Father who runs to us as we repent and turn back away and come to Him and the amazing opportunity of forgiveness. You know, we had uh, 20 people last week except Christ. 20 people. Amen. Man. You gotta love it. When the Spirit is moving, when there's a power about this place, God was moving mightily and just a great way to start the ministry year as 20 people said, I'm in. That's my God. And, uh, you know, all too often when we start hearing that God loves us, he runs to us, all of a sudden we start saying, man, I must be like all that, you know, I'm important. And uh, we get off into this little make it all about me mode now. And uh, that's why this week is the heart of humility. Let's make sure we understand our right position before our almighty king, a heart of humility. It's still making much of him. That's what it's all about. Okay. And, uh. So I just wanted to uh, make sure that as we go through this, that uh, we start out today with a celebration time for who Jesus Christ is first, for his heart of humility. And then we'll take a time to celebrate that in communion to kind of put the exclamation point on it. And then we'll talk about our response. All right. Focus time. Philippians chapter two, verses three through 11. Don't worry about turning there. Just listen. This is Jesus Christ's heart of humility. It says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God to be a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's our King. That in the midst of us having nothing, in the midst of us wrecking it all, He says, I've got you covered. I love you with all I have. I'll clothe myself with what I have no business being a part of. It doesn't belong there. But I'm coming because I love you. That's our God. As he brought himself to this earth, Jesus becoming man, dying on the cross for our sins, rising again from the dead, soon to be glorified for all of eternity, our King of kings and Lord of lords. May we worship him with all we have. That's what communion is all about. It's a celebration of the greatness of our God. So let's just take a little time celebrating the humility of our king, all right? I'm going to ask those who are serving to come on down and uh, get in your places. And while they're doing that, let's just talk a bit about communion here, all right?
So what are we doing? What is communion? All right, let's make sure we understand it. Communion, taking the bread and the cup does not save. This is, I already am saved. I trust in Jesus Christ as my savior. And so I'm celebrating him now and doing this. All right. I don't even know what you're talking about, Tim. I don't know what saved means. I'm not sure if I'm following. And then do me a favor. As the bread and the cup are being passed, just go ahead and let it be passed by. Just pass it on. Don't take anything. All right. That's fine. And just take a time right now to be contemplating, to be praying, to just be saying, Lord, who are you in my life? If you're in a spot where you're not sure if you're Savior, make this a time to be getting that right, okay? If you do trust in Christ as your Savior, then now's the time to be thanking Him and living this out through communion. As the bread and cup are passed, just reach down and take a stack, okay? There's two cups stacked. We did this the last time as well. Two cups stacked. It'll have both the bread and the drink in it. So grab the stack and pick it up and pass it on. We'll be taking it together at the end. So hang on. We'll take the bread and then the cup, okay? So just hang on after you've taken the stack and we'll celebrate our God together, all right? So as they're getting ready to come and serve now, let's just go to prayer and make this a time of worship. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We worship you. We celebrate you. We thank you for who you are. God, we just come to you now remembering how awesome your gift of sacrifice is for us. Celebrate your king in prayer as they begin to serve. just take a time now to we would call this spiritual breathing just breathe out now confessing to him stuff that needs to be let go of coming before your God and saying you died on the cross for my sins Lord please forgive me now for some of those things you've been involved in this week attitude, temperament uh, words, actions that you need to let go of Father please forgive me even now as I sit before you here He's pressing in things that need to be let go of. Humbling ourselves before our Almighty God. 
now let's breathe in spiritually. Just thanking him and praising him for who he is. Lord, you are awesome. Just take time right where you are quietly to worship him as your almighty king. King of kings, Lord of lords. Rock, redeemer, fortress, savior. Your payment that you could never make. His love for you. Just thank him where you are. that needs to be let go of humbling yourself before your almighty king Lord please forgive me for just release to him those tensions that were gripping you even this morning something that may have happened yesterday or this last week even this last month that you need to be letting go of now Lord please forgive me now again with a time of worship just thanking him for who he is things that come to your mind things he's done for you his character for you the one who clothed himself with humanity who humbled himself to death even the point of death on the cross the one who will be lifted up for all eternity praise your almighty God Father God, we're in awe of you and your glory that's revealed as you exalt Jesus Christ. And Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice as King of kings, Lord of lords, stepping down and becoming man, mistreated, misunderstood, sacrificed for us. We're in awe. Lord, may you get your just desserts. May you be worshipped like never before. Father, I pray for each person here. May we all lift you up and worship you now in this time of communion. Thank you for your sacrifice for us. It's in your mighty name I pray these things. Amen. Amen. You know, as Jesus stood with the disciples and talked with them, making clear what was about to come. He took the bread, lifted it up, 
tore it and he said, this is my body broken for you. They didn't have a clue what he was talking about. They barely understood the gist of sacrifice. But we get the chance to celebrate him and his sacrifice for us. Jesus lifted the bread up, handed it to him, and he said, take, eat, this do in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup and holding it up said, this is my blood poured out for you. Just imagine that sacrifice for just a moment. Christ for us, him for me, the gospel message, hope and life. He said, take and drink this to you in remembrance of me. Take. Man, what a great opportunity we have to worship our King in communion as we remember what he's done for us. As we celebrate him, not just remember our sin, but remember his sacrifice and thank him for it. That is our God. That is our almighty one who is humble beyond measure. May we worship him with all we have. Let me just close in a quick prayer here. Again, Lord, all for you. No distraction. You're our model of humility. You're our almighty savior stand in awe thank you for all you've done for us and all that you will do can't wait to worship you for eternity it's in your mighty name i pray these things and all of god's people said amen amen all right sweet time to just get a focus on what humility means isn't it and uh Man, we can talk about humility, but let's make sure we really understand what it is when it's modeled by the ultimate, the God of the universe as he steps down, right? And so, so what is Jesus even thinking about? What does he mean when he's calling us to humility? We see it in action in what he did at the cross, but what should our attitude be? That's what we're going to look at today. All right. So turn with me to Luke chapter 14, verse seven. Luke 14, verse 7. Let's look at an attitude of humility as Christ teaches it. We got the ushers coming forward and they've got Bibles in their hands. Hey, if you need a Bible, just raise your hand. And they'll get one to you, all right? Just raise your hand. We're going to walk verse by verse through this. It's a short section, but it's a great section. If you need a Bible, just raise your hand. Luke 14, verse 7. What in the world should it look like for me to be humble? That's kind of the question we're answering, all right? So the first point, uh, do not pridefully invite yourself into positions of importance. Do not pridefully invite yourself into positions of importance. This comes right out of the first section here, starting in verse 7. It says, Jesus is talking, now he told a parable. Okay, remember, we always have to have the context. It's no good to know a story if we don't understand the context. We barely get what he's talking about then, right? So context, it actually goes back to verse 1 of chapter 14. See, it says, One Sabbath, 
So this is on a Saturday. This is when they, the Jews would not be working. They would taking some time to think and celebrate, contemplate kind of off on their own. And sometimes in banquets and parties that would have been prepared on Friday, getting ready for Saturday. So one Sabbath, when he went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees. So he's dining at a house of the ruler of the Pharisees. So there's like the tax collectors and sinners. We talked about that last week, right? There's those people that they don't look very highly on. Then there's the people. Then there's the Pharisees. Then there's the leader of the Pharisees. Jesus has been been invited to a big deal party. You know what I'm saying? He's being invited to this banquet on a Sabbath day. And just so you know, when they're invited to these banquets, part of the plan is to invite in the local teaching uh, talent, the rabbis, if you will, and have them be able to share at some point. So when people saw Jesus walking in, they expected a teach somewhere along the way. Okay, so that's what's going on. We've got this banquet taking place. Now Jesus told the parable. So as soon as he starts to talk, this is when most people would go, I knew he was going to say something, right? It's one of those going on. And so he's beginning to share. says, now he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the places of honor. Uh Uh-oh, Jesus is going to bring a little bit of dissent out now, all right? And so places of honor, you got to picture it's like a big rectangular table quite often, all right? And so the guy that mattered most, sometimes he sat in the middle, sometimes it was on the end at the head of a table. Either way, the place of honor was like the closer you got to the host, the higher you were in importance for that day. The higher honor you had, okay? And so people were coming in and they're kind of jockeying for position. They're not like, hey, how's it going? They're like, get in a seat first, please. Trying to get to the head of the table here. Getting as close as I can. Important me, right? Sitting down. And the next guy comes in and he's like, oh, oh, I was going to get there. All right, I'll get here. And they're starting to battle for seats. That's what's going on. Jesus is seeing this. And so he has a little parable to share. When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor. Can you imagine people's collars getting a little tight right now? Lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him, and he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this person, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. All right? When you're invited to a wedding feast... Picture it, right? You've been to a wedding banquet, right? This is one of those banquets where when you walk in, they don't have the little card for you where you're looking for your name and you pick it up and you're like, oh, table 36, seat four. That's where I'm going, right? And a lot of banquets, they're like, we're just going to tell you which table. You can figure out your place of honor at that table, but please don't go outside of it. Your table 36, right? And, And then some weddings are like, have fun, pick your place, right? This is one of those weddings in the parable. They're walking in and they're like, pick your place. So in walks the guy and he goes, wow, look at all the tables. This is awesome. And there's that head table up there with the bride and groom about ready to sit down. And I know where I'm going. He walks right up to the head table, scoots over next to the groom, sits down. How's it going, man? Right. And the groom's like. Can you move? That's where the best man's going to be sitting. I need you to move, right? And he's like, oh, okay. And sits down one. 
Yeah, my brother-in-law is going to be sitting there, man. Can somebody help this dude? And now they have him stand up. And while others have now found their seat, he's now being walked to the furthest table away and sitting down in the lowest seat, the walk of shame. Can you imagine that walk? That is not a walk I'd want to have, right? Don't be putting yourself at the head table, right? That's kind of the talk he's having. Be careful where you place yourself. I'm telling you, there can be a lot of embarrassment if you misunderstand. In fact, Christ is right now saying, please, I'm teaching you humility and you're not getting it well at the moment. Let me ask you a question. It doesn't say in the passage here, but which seat do you think Christ was sitting in while he shared this? Right? Can you picture it? He's like, take the lowest seat. The one I'm sitting in right now. And very well at that moment could have been having the host putting his hand on his back saying, I've got a seat for you I'd really like you to take. Can you please move up? Y'all need to move down now, please. Shift. I'm moving him in. He may have been saying it as he's walking and getting seated down. All we know is this. Christ is making it very clear. Please. Don't be walking into every situation thinking, going to be all about me. Going to make sure I'm shown off pretty well. Please bring humility. Find your place at the lowest. Get called up as seen fit. Watch God work. All right? Simple part in this. Um, Just so you know, he's quoting Proverbs 25, 6 and 7 here. This isn't new words to them. All right? This is Solomon's words. He stated it. It says, do not put yourself forward in the king's presence or stand in the place of the great. For it is better to be told, come up here than to be put lower in the presence of a noble. All right. That's Proverbs 25, 6 and 7. They've heard this info. They just don't care to live by this info. Do you know what I'm saying? And so that's what's going on. He quotes Proverbs to him and question, how are we doing as a church in that? How are you doing as you walk in the church in that? Walking in going, place of honor, please. Where might I find that position? Over there? Thank you. Walking up to that one and inviting myself in. That's what I'm going to do, right? Be careful. The place of honor is a great metaphor, even within the church, to be talking about how we live here. And let's make sure that we allow our God to have a say in where he places us And what he wants done places of honor, you know, in your mind right now, you're picturing something where there's either some skill required in it. And just so you know, there's probably at least 800 different opinions about what that position is right now. Right. And like you're seeing it takes some talent to do that. And so that must be a place of honor or like leadership, you know, elders and deacons and pastoral staff and being able to be an impact group leader or being able to teach maybe in our studies and in our women's ministry and our children's ministries and these teaching and leading positions. Those are places of honor. And uh, be careful if the first move coming in is to say, I need to have top dog. We got an issue with heart. And uh, here's what my issue is. That's not who my God is. And so as he saves us and as he calls us, may we simply respond as he is in humility, calling ourselves to the lowest spot and then watching him call us up in due time as he sees fit. All right. I don't know, Tim. That's not really that fun. I kind of like self-promoting. I've made some business cards with my name on it. 
And I hand them out when I, right? We like making much of me. And be careful. That gets us in a very wrong spot. All right? And uh, hey, four indications that we're struggling with this. Putting myself in the wrong spot, if you will. Four indications if we're struggling with humility. Number one. I cannot be satisfied unless I'm in one of those seats of honor. I can't be satisfied, man. Even when I'm in a seat of honor, there's a higher seat of honor and I want it now. And uh, it must be moving up the ladder. I have to have, and I need people around me to be looking at me and thinking, right? I'm not satisfied unless I have a seat of honor. Uh, the one thing we need to be satisfied with is, is Christ being glorified with your attitude and your action right now. That's humble. That's where we need to be. All right. And in due time, he'll take care of the rest. Uh, number two, second one, second indication. You're angry that you're not thanked or appreciated enough. Angry that you're not thanked and appreciated enough. This tells you that you're not living for the thanks of Christ, but you're living for the thanks of men. Now hear me. It is not wrong to be an encourager, it is not wrong to have a thankful church. Please do that, all right? Thank people for their hard work. Appreciate what they're doing. We need to be doing that. But if you're living to get that, then we've got a problem. Everybody get the distinction? Like it's cool to be a caring, thanking church, all right? But it's not cool to walk into that church and say, now bring it on to me. I need to be thanked. I have to be appreciated. That's when we got a problem with humility and pride going on, all right? Number three, whenever you tell a story of a fix, you're always the hero, right? There was a problem yesterday, but I fixed it. Be careful with those. Uh, you wouldn't believe how bad it was until I arrived, right? And, and I don't know what they were thinking back there in that area with those ministries, but man, when I got in there, I really helped fix them up, right? And be careful, if you're the hero of your story, there's probably more to the story. <laughs> Just saying, all right? All right, number four. Uh, if you sin, well, then you're going to need to pull out everybody else's sin and show those two. If your sin's being called out, then everybody around you has to come down with you. You know what I mean? It's one of these. We're sitting like this. I come down. Well, y'all are coming with. Because I can't be down there alone and like, I'm not going to take a lesser position. And so, man, this is subtle. You'll find it. Be careful. It's one of these. Like you feel really terrible for your bad attitude or temperament. And so you walk in the house and you're like, hey, what gives with the bad attitude over there, guys? Uh-uh. Going to need to see a little more happiness there. Bring it up a little, right? And inside we're like, not just me. And I'm telling you, you'll be amazed how many times you're starting to call out someone's sin because you're actually fed up with your own and you're bringing them down instead of bringing you up. Watch out. It's a subtle, insidious pride problem. Okay. Love those around you. It isn't wrong to help people walk through their sin. It isn't. But if you're fed up and attacking them because you're in sin, that's a problem. All right. So call yourself to the lowest part of the table. Hear me on this. This is not the guy sitting at the back end of the table, eons away from the host and brooding the whole time. Can't believe I'm back here. 
put myself at the lowest and nobody even recognizes who I am for crying out loud. Where's the host putting his hand on my back, walking me up. I should be getting it right. And, and, uh, all too often we take the lowest position as a game play. Okay, God, I'll take the lowest. Now call me up. Right. And that's not the plan either. It's I'm taking the lowest and I'm good. If I stay there, may you be glorified. Just call me to whatever you want done. Humble, willing, sacrificial service to our God. That's what we're talking about. May our King be glorified as you're willing to serve no matter what it takes that He gets worshiped. All right? So a good example for this. Uh, we have a couple in the church, uh, came to the church a while back, uh, Trisha and Jimmy Olson. And, uh, Neat couple, and as you talk to Trish, I've been talking to Heather this week. So last year, Trish, she's like, she's trained as a high school teacher. She's a special ed educated as well. Like, she's got it going on. And uh, she knows how to run a classroom, and she knows how to teach, and she knows how to manage situations. She came in here, and she could have walked in and said, Well, I've arrived. Where would you need me to go? Right? And uh, But that's not what she did. She walked in, and she said, Heather, whatever you need. And uh, she went to some of the training classes and she sat in and Heather made some things clear on some of the training of how she wanted classrooms to go and how they'd set things up for the kids to be able to teach a little better and keep some order and expectation in there and, and uh, just some statements on. And, and afterwards she came back like, man, this is awesome. I've been gleaning and just some good review and some good notes and some good learning and just humble and appreciative. And throughout the year, serving, helping out, uh, working in great ways. Let me tell you, this year, um, Heather's going to be working with Trish. We're launching a new ministry with Trisha. We're going to be launching the Cubbies on Wednesday night, four-year-old through kindergarten. And uh, Trish Olson is going to be running that, all right? Super capable, super skilled, ready to go, and now absolutely understands where we're headed with ministry after this last year and getting our DNA and what God's doing here. And I'm telling you, so cool to watch. As God takes a family, brings them in, and with a humble heart, grows them up into whatever position he's going to do. Super sweet opportunity there. And man, what an awesome ministry that's going to be going on. If you've got four-year-olds through kindergarten, get them here for Awana, man. It's going to be going on. And uh, I love what God's doing in this place. Hey, that's how it works around here. You're going to be amazed that the guy that comes down front and says... You wouldn't believe what I've accomplished at my prior church. Time for you to use me here. Doesn't get a good listening ear from us. You'd be amazed by that, but that's what happens, all right? We truly take this passage to heart. Like, please come in, see what God's doing here. Humbly find a spot. Let's watch what God does. And as he calls you up, as it makes, gets made clear where you should be, we work together on, and I love humility expressed in this place. And uh, I'm telling you, it's not just in the passage, it's in my goals, my plans, our staff plans. We work together this way, all right? So simple question for you. Uh, how are you doing with your hunger for honor? The human respect and appreciation from those around you. You have it under control? You're able to say, look, I'm just willing to serve my king who served me. Are you kidding me? I'm laying it all on the line for him. May he be glorified. And, uh, or are you wrestling right now, even in this moment, going, oh, I'm comfortable with this. And uh, 
Maybe it's time to be setting down the pride, be picking up Christ's example of humility and saying, Lord, help me serve you whatever way, wherever that you might get the greater glory. That's our first challenge. Don't call yourself to the high spot. So the obvious second point, number two, uh, humbly take a lowly position and allow yourself to be exalted in God's timing. Humbly take a lowly position and allow yourself to be exalted in God's timing. All right. So here we go. Second half of the story. Jesus says, but when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit in the table with you for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled ouch and he who humbles himself will be exalted all right some pretty extreme clarity don't make the host call you to the lowest spot you call yourself there walk in find the lowest most humble position and take it and if the host comes up and invites you forward great that's awesome and if he doesn't great that's awesome You're in the spot where you were invited to the party, right? You're there, you matter in that regard, and you found your position as you serve your God. Humility in the midst. I just put it this way. It says that uh, he could come and say, sit in the lowest place. That's Jesus' call, right? Sit in the lowest place. Like you're willing that everybody in the room be counted as higher honor. You're willing to have that? You're willing to have that humility level in your walk. And you're willing to have the host come up to you and say, friend, move up. The host called you friend, right? Like put yourself in a spot where he recognizes the relationship and you give him the privilege to call you to a higher place of honor. It's the host's privilege to call you up. It's not your privilege to put yourself there, right? Humbly allow God To do his thing in your life. That's the simple call. It says, if you exalt yourself, you will be humbled. If you humble yourself, you will be exalted. Man, when you see the word will in scripture, watch out. That's promise coming down. And you make much of self in the long run, in the church community. I'm telling you, God who doesn't go that route is going to take issue. And things will come up. I don't know what. I don't know in what way. Be careful though. You don't want to find out. Lord, I want to humbly serve you. May your heart be my heart. May your example be my example. This is uh, not the world's way, right? The world's way is like, hey, I'm going to a new church next week. I made a t-shirt up. It says, I am awesome. And on the back it says, you wouldn't believe where I've served. Ask me. Right? And now I'm going to the new church and I'm walking in and I'm like, right? You'd be amazed how often people struggle with the immediacy of needing recognition in a new place from humanity. Uh, be careful. Make sure it's Christ that's being your uh, audience. All right? I'll just say it this way. Matthew 20, verse 28. He came not to be served, but to serve And to give his life as a payment for many. That's our God. He came not to be served, but to serve. And in Philippians 2, which we read during the communion celebration piece, 
And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. And notice it says at the end, to the glory of God the Father. Now let that settle. It is the glory of God the Father to do the exalting. Part of the problem with us placing ourselves in positions of higher honor is that that's actually the father's role. We're stealing away from his role and his glory. And in fact, usually messing it up. Let's be honest. And as we place ourselves higher up, it's like I put myself here. And now God, the father and his glory stolen from. That's part of the problem is we're actually saying, God, the father, I don't trust you and I'm not waiting on you. I won't be patient with you. I got a plan and I'm moving on it. The father loves, the father decrees, the father exalts, right? We saw last week as the father loves, he comes running and throws his arms around. He's got plan and he's got hope and he's got a future. Let him move. All right. That's what it looks like. And a simple statement, humility, humility is all about the servanthood. Humility is all about the servanthood. Jesus Christ has come to serve, not to be served. Why in the world would we ask for more? Right? That's subtle. Jesus Christ has come to serve. The king of the universe who spoke it into existence. Why would we ask for more? God, may you be glorified in my life as I live for you. Okay? And uh, so I just wrote these five killer servant quotes. All right? Here we go. They're a little wordy, so I'll post them on Facebook afterwards or something if you want to see them that way. Here we go. The first one. Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to serve. So now the real question is, how about you? He said, I came to be served, not to serve. Or I came to serve, not to be served. How about you? Um, Second, you can measure your own servant-heartedness best. By how you respond when you're treated like a servant. You can measure your own servant heartedness next or best uh, by how you respond when you're treated like a servant. You know, when you're like, seriously, I 100% am all in on being servant hearted. Great. Well, here's an opportunity. Here's a role. And okay, I'll take that role. And, and then it seems to go thanklessly. And like an hour later, you're like, does anybody see my sacrifice? Right? And and we're like measuring it up. We're frustrated with. And yeah, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to start living it. Hear me. I don't want to be a thankless church. And so I'm saying this repeatedly this morning. Uh, We need to be thankful and appreciative of those around us. And yet we need to learn to not live for that from mankind, but live for it from our father. All right. That's the balance. Third quote, real servants think of their own responsibilities, not the responsibilities of others. Real servants think of their own responsibilities, not the responsibilities of others. Yeah. Right. So this is the conversation where you're like, don't they see? Don't they understand how wrong they are when they, when they're not getting this and this, don't they get that? Right. And we begin to criticize when actually our own backyard either needs to be like first commitment, I'm not doing anything, or I need to start doing it more faithfully, or I just need to be more attentive to my details and be careful. 
Uh, Here's another one. A true servanthood affects every facet of your following of Jesus. True servanthood affects every facet of your following of Jesus. Your worship, your walk, your work, and your witness. All in, all the time. Humility. I got to tell you, these quotes, uh, they were rocking me this week. Because here's what happens. The gospel message of hope is about a God who loves us and has sacrificed for us. And here's what happens when we get into that. We start thinking... I knew I was important. And and here's another phrase I've heard. God can't live without me. Oh, my word. He needs me. No, brother, you need him. Right? Let's just keep it clear. We have a God, and it's him, not me. And we worship him with all we've got. And our walk and our work and our witness need to unfold in a way where our humility reveals all him, not me. My simple phrase this year for me has been, I want to make much of my God and may nothing be made much of, of me. That's humility, a heart of love and a heart of humility. And you watch God take over last quote to become a real servant. You're going to have to settle the issue of money, money in your life. Jesus said, no servant can serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and money. Which are you serving? Huge call. Christ spent a ton of time talking about money. And man, if we're going to talk about humility and service before our king, we're going to have to get real on. If my wallet is not his, I've got a problem. All right. I'm just saying it very frankly. Now let me say it a little more gently. Ready? We love when God lavishes on. Let's appreciate what he's done and in the midst of it, not go mine and hold on to it. But instead we recognize it's all his and I'm sharing back first fruits and saying, I love you, Lord, and I'm in awe of what you're doing and thank you for who you are in my life. And the humble heart of a servant will be reflected in his attitude. It'll be reflected in his actions and it'll be reflected in his wallet. As he shows that out and hear me, this church is not in need of finances. That's not what this talk is about. We're in need of worshipers on fire for him. Always more and more that our God is made much of. Amen. That's what we're talking about. And man, I'd love to see you all in full out worshiping your king that he gets the greater glory. That's our hope in him. So let me just say it this way. Card. When we talk about wholly his, completely affected, humility throughout, it's got to affect our worship, our walk, our work, and our witness. And so my request to you is this, please make a goal this week to say, I'm in now. My worship's going to be more pure than it ever has been. I'm going to be singing songs on a Sunday morning, and I'm not worried about what the guy next to me is thinking of me. I'm worried about what my God is thinking of me. I'm going to be serving with my attitude and my action and my wallet in the midst and my walk. I want to grow to be more like him. Any sin that needs to go. I'm ready, Lord. What do you need done? Anything. And I'm, I'm ready to jump into an impact group. I'm ready to join into one of these studies that are coming up in the fall here. I'm ready, Lord. Do what you need to do. Take over and uh, work. Lord, I'm ready to serve for you. What do you need done? Where do you need it done? 
I'm ready to call this place home and jump in. And let's get this thing done for you that you're glorified. And a witness, Lord, who do you want me to share with? I'm just ready to tell them that I'm rocked. I'm going to be vulnerable. And, and I'm going to be humble. And let's see what you can do. That's the commitment. And I'm just going to tell you this. I want to help you out. We did a card today. I'm going to ask the ushers to come on down and hand out these cards. We made a card. We're going to pass them down the row. Here's my request. Every single person take a card. Okay? It's going down the row. Everybody take a card. Who takes a card? Amen to that. Everybody take a card. And here's the job. It says right on the top, hey, I'm willing to serve. And uh, check that box. And uh, just be ready to hand that in if you are. And if this is church home, I'm just trying to help you to get to that next step. Look, if this isn't the time, you're like, I've been here three weeks. I don't even know if this is home. That's great. Still take a card. Hang on. Okay. You get to see what we have going on ministry wise and the rest. Don't feel like you have to turn this in. Okay. This is for those who are like, I'm calling it home. I feel like God's stirring in my heart. I feel like it is time for us to humbly step in and say, I'm just willing to serve. I can tell you right now, we've got a variety of needs as this church has grown um, that are exciting. And uh, our kids' ministry is exploding. Did you know that? Like we just decided to take the 304, 305 room, the adult ministry space, and those are going to become children's rooms on Sunday morning. Okay? And uh, we're going to use those for adult spaces throughout the rest of the week, but we're going to use that for the growing children's ministry. If you're interested in helping there, that'd be great. I'm just, there's a bunch of options down here. Don't spend a ton of time trying to pick which one. It's more like just in general, give us some thoughts about areas of interest and be willing to help out. Okay. We just want to help get you plugged in. All right. That's what this is all about. We're trying to help you take one next step. And, uh, Whatever works, works. Quite frankly, we're in a great spot right now, but we'd love to be able to plug worshipers in. That's where we are, okay? And I'd love to see this thing go. You're like, children's ministry? Yeah, I don't do kids, right? I'll use Heather's term. Would you rather have oral surgery or work with kids, right? That's, that's her way of figuring out. But let's put it this way. Working with children, you could also be a greeter at the front of children's. You could actually help the new families as they're checking in, filling in cards and walking them down to their room. You could be working with the adults and families at the front side of it. We're getting set up and tear down issues associated with it now. Yep. We're back to set up tear down. <laughs> we do. We got that available now. And there's some options that are all over the place. Just let us know if you're willing to serve and we'd love to work with you. All right. So what I'm going to do is just ask the worship team to come on down and, uh, I'm talking about a chance here for you to say, God, I'm humble. Maybe it's about serving. If it's not today, I'm great with that. My request to you is this, whether you're filling it out or not, everybody turn them back into the ushers. All right. So on your way out, just everybody hand the card back to the usher filled out or not, just hand it back. Okay. But please do take time to fill this out. I'm going to give you a minute or two here, and then I'm going to pray to close the service. Just pray over what God's got for you. By the way, if you are already serving somewhere, don't feel like you have to fill this out. We're not, it's not serve more. If you're already serving somewhere, that's great. Just go ahead and turn the card in blank. We're fine with that. This is for those who are looking to take a step up. Next step.
take some time to bow our heads now. If you're still filling out the card, go ahead. That's fine. Just bow our heads. It's this simple. We serve a God who is defined by humility. He sacrificed his everything for us. Lord, may I hear that battle cry. And may I humbly serve you wherever that looks like. In my time of worship. In my time in leading my family. In my time at work. In my time growing and getting rid of sin. Getting and plugged into an impact group or a study in my time serving at this church in my time sharing with a friend Lord I'm in humbly serving you just let them know where you're at Father God, Lord, we lift your name on high and we celebrate you as the almighty king, the one in charge of the universe and could exact unbelievable amounts of authority upon us. And instead you show us humble servanthood. Lord, we love you for your gospel message of love and forgiveness. We thank you for your giving to us. And now, Lord, one simple statement. May we as a body give our lives back to you as a sacrifice. Take my life, Lord. May it simply be all for your glory. Everything for you. Nothing held back. Humbly serving. Not looking for the appreciation of the man or woman next to me, but looking for your appreciation as I humbly learn of your spirit moving in me and hand the reins over. You're my God. I love you. And I humbly serve you. It's in your mighty name I pray these things. And all of God's people said, 